Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. All right, before we go in, I just have to say, oh my goodness, it has been so much fun to go through this Roll Into Hit program again after already shooting it, but now actually going through it in real time with people and getting the feedback that we're getting. It's so much fun. It's amazing to hear from the people who previously may have been scared of doing things that Mm -hmm. they thought were high intensity workouts or have gotten pain going upstairs or pain just sitting and standing and the feedback they're getting already from this program because of the way Jill and Jen educate through rolling out the body, preparing the tissues, and then doing higher intensity movements and strength movements in a way that are protective to the joints and are going to help strengthen your body to be able to do these movements more pain-free. Exactly. It's not about like most programs that you get, especially in terms of HIT. The modifications are going to be a little limited. You're probably going to be only seeing the high intense version and then trying to find a modification on top of that, right? Where we are literally walking you through everything and you're seeing all different levels working through it at the same time. So, you know, and based on the assessments that we have coming into it, you know exactly who you're going to follow. You know exactly what breath work, like you're ready to kind of dive into at what intensity for that day. And it's not about doing it every day. It's about sprinkling this into your already existing movement so that it only adds into what you're feeling and how you're moving. You're going to learn so much from this program. I'm just, I'm so thrilled that Jill and I really came together and made this. And we've done podcasts. I mean, we did one recently with Jill. We've done podcasts with other people like Dr. Stacey Sims, who just preach and live by all of the benefits that doing high intensity work as a regular part of your routine can impact and improve nearly every system of the body. And when you pair that with the tissue work that Jill does, it just sets you up for success. It sets you up to move better, to feel better, and to just have overall a better sense of well-being in your body. So check out the link down in the show notes. Get get into that program and start inserting some more high-intensity work into your daily routine. Tailbone pain, also known as coccyx pain or coccydenia. Coccydenia. I read Dom's it somewhere. Dom's making up words. I read it. I, it was in a research study. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was in the paper. And anyways. Some smart scientist wrote that in that <laughs> journal. This is uh, fairly common, especially if you sit prolonged periods of time. So we want to definitely address it. This has actually been requested as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a topic that I, I don't feel like is the first thing that pops into people's mind, but... If you are ever somebody who has tailbone pain or has sensitivity in your tailbone area when you're Mm -hmm. sitting, you notice it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you notice just how much we sit and how we sit every day. I've never had tailbone pain specifically, but I've had what's called a pylodinocyst, Mm -hmm. um, which is a a cyst like right in the tailbone area. And it caused a lot of pressure and a lot of discomfort. And I really struggled (laughs) sitting comfortably for a while until I got that taken care of. Well, you got it taken care of and then we went on a big road trip. Yeah, I actually got it taken. I got it removed, what, two days before we drove across the country and spent (laughs) a few days. Perfect timing. Spent a few days in Colorado and yeah. Yeah, we went everywhere. I know. 
So I just need to pause quick to talk about one of our podcast sponsors, and that is Element, which is Jen and my absolute favorite electrolyte drink mix that helps keep us hydrated throughout the day. One, by drinking a lot more water because the Element is just so darn delicious, but two, by replenishing the electrolytes that we're losing throughout the day, like sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And you're going to want to go check them out right now because for a limited time, they have their summer grapefruit flavor available for purchase Everyone loves this grapefruit flavor. Every time we talk about it, people are like, oh, I got to go get my element. But all their flavors are so incredible. Jen's favorite is the raspberry. I kind of waffle between the watermelon and the citrus. But these electrolytes are so much more important than we think. They help with so many vital processes within the body, like production of energy, contraction of our muscles. They can help with brain fog and fatigue. They can help us with our sleep, with our digestion. So, you really want to make sure that you're replenishing these electrolytes because we lose them in ways that we don't even think through our urine, through sweat. Every time we sleep, we're losing electrolytes. So that's why Jen and I have incorporated this on a daily basis to make sure we're getting in enough water, but also replenishing those electrolytes. So if you want to go try the grapefruit flavor or make sure you get element into your daily routine, go down to the link in the show notes. It's just drinkelement.com backslash optimal. That's drink element like lmnt.com backslash optimal and with every single order you get a free sample pack so you can try out all their flavors and know which one you want to try next go get some element and keep yourself hydrated and you had something that we're going to talk about you had you were sitting on something to help relieve your pressure I was. What are you talking like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on something to help relieve your pressure. That I was, was using a gorgeous ball. Yeah. Which is one of our favorite like all-purpose tools for tissue myofascial type release for breath work. And now I guess we can add relieving tailbone pain <laughs> or tailbone pressure to that list. But it just, when I was sitting in the car specifically, it helped lift my bottom yeah. and it helped me be putting my pressure through both my sit bones and just in generally like, like my upper thighs and lower buttock mm-hmm. and then <laughs> keep my tailbone off of the seat where I was having a lot of discomfort. Which is one of the things they say to help with. So grab yourself a gorgeous ball because what's also great about the gorgeous ball, you can deflate it to what you need yeah. it to. And so you have that ability to make it a little bit smaller so it's not so like firm and big. Yeah. And so you could have that bigger surface area across the sit bones, your ischial tubes to be able to sit on so that again, it takes that pressure off the tailbone area, which where's the tailbone? The coccyx. We the wanna- coccyx, <laughs> which means cuckoo bird's beak. <laughs> well, it's the Greek, it's the Greek <laughs> word for beak of the cuckoo bird. Because of the cuckoo bird, I guess. Because that's what, if you're looking at from it, at it from the side, (laughs) the beak (laughs) apparently, that's what the coccyx looks like, which is hilarious. But anyways, bottom of that, the start to the episode. I know this is crazy. (laughs) Sorry guys, this is what it looks like. Is parents with no sleep after the third episode in a row? Yeah, third third one we're recording today. So so lucky you. Um, So (laughs) if we're looking at the sacrum, which is the bottom portion of our spine yeah and when we're going into our pelvis or your pelvis yeah so it's connecting our pelvic bones together and it's it's this triangle shape in in the back with kind of like those you know low back bones now fused together and then if we go to the very bottom we see this little 
this tiny little triangle at the bottom, but it's not necessarily connected. So it can move forward and backward. It has that freedom of movement. It has ligaments that are in, and muscles that are connected into it. And that's called yeah. your coccyx. And so that's why, especially sitting for prolonged sit periods when you're slumped, you're putting a lot of pressure right into yes. that area. It is the caboose of the spine. <laughs> Brings up the rear. The rear. Um, and yeah, like you said, why do people get coccyx pain or coccydinia um direct trauma mm -hmm. like a lot of times gymnasts i know mm -hmm. or people ice skating mm -hmm. or rollerblading if you've ever just had your feet go out from under you land on your buttock um that's two times using buttock in this episode <laughs> so early on this happened in minnesota often when people would just first ice over of the winter people walk outside and shoop feet go out land on your butt um, right on that tailbone that can be like a direct acute trauma yeah otherwise direct pressure like you said just from mm -hmm. sitting especially if you sit kind of in slumped back with your pelvis tucked under and more of a posterior pelvic tilt mm -hmm. you're putting a lot of direct pressure on your tailbone which is not where we should really put pressure while we're sitting mm -hmm. um, and then there are different internal factors yeah i mean those who have a lot of hypermobility can be prone mm -hmm. to getting a lot of Increase pressure back into the tailbone area. If you have any childbirth trauma when you went through <laughs> birthing, that can cause some trauma to the area. And then there's different like I know women or females are five times more likely to have this tailbone pain than men, which I think is interesting. That's interesting. And I wonder if that has to do with pelvic shape or has yeah. something to do with childbirth. female anatomy. <laughs> childbirth, I'm sure, plays into that or just like menstrual cycles or I, I wonder if there's anything that really but i also look at like a lot of the exercises that women tend to do a little bit more than men and it a lot of it has to do with sitting like i remember even when i was teaching pilates and a lot of women might complain about sitting or doing um, any reclined positioned um, yeah. exercises where you're kind of putting a little bit more pressure into that coccyx area during Pilates, so yoga, Pilates, things that are sitting or maybe putting a little bit more pressure, that could happen. And then if you have like a suddenly rapid reduced weight loss, well, you just rapidly lost some adipose tissue within your buttocks as well. And so <laughs> any, now when nice you're use. sitting <laughs> doing exercise, you might be putting a little more pressure than you're used to in that area. Yeah. So, I mean, all this to be said, any, any rapid change in any of these things that we just mentioned, the amount that you're sitting, the amount that you're standing in extreme ranges of motion, like you said, with people with hypermobility, that happens because sometimes, and this is a generalization, those mm -hmm. people will like stand in extreme positions, whether it's extreme anterior pelvic tilt with their hips kind of locked forward or something. Mm -hmm. um, and that causes the tendons to be pulling at that coccyx that come from the low back and come from the hips and the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that you know you'll have a lot of different pressure on the pelvic or on the on the tailbone on that coccyx the good news is it's 90 percent of people who have tailbone pain respond really well to conservative treatment mm -hmm. and don't need anything beyond that like injections or you know there are surgeries even for tailbone pain which I'm, i shouldn't be surprised but i was kind of surprised like really coccectomy hey d depending on the direct trauma that you might have if I you suppose. landed really hard and, and i suppose yeah i guess i was just thinking about 
sitting. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. how would a surgery help to then go back to sitting? Right, <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So if you have it not because of, you know, you fell suddenly or recently, you know, then we want to be looking at the other things that can help. And this is where pelvic floor physical therapy actually becomes really yeah. powerful um, it, as a tool to be able to help because there are actually mobilizations that you can do to the coccyx bone and it yeah. is a little bit more intimate with your therapist but yeah. can really help in relieving that immediate pressure as we're working toward improving mobility around the area movement changing your posture all that kind of stuff yeah and it was interesting when we looked at research because a lot of the research that surrounded tailbone pain had to do with these manual therapies because mm -hmm. that's one of the provider's main tools to help somebody feel uh, a more immediate change in mm -hmm. that pain is doing either a levator ani massage, which a levator ani is one of the muscles in our pelvic floor, doing a coccygeal like manual therapy or manipulation mm -hmm. or mobilization, you know, um, and it would be kind of comparing these different manual techniques, which I'm like, okay, that's great. Again, if somebody rubs your tailbone a little bit and it's in pain, like we might feel a change and there might be like some minor differences between those different manual therapies. But there was also a really cool study that looked at what we were talking about, the the pressures that come from the tendons and the muscles that are attached to the coccyx. And if doing mobility or other therapies like stretches to those areas could help with the tailbone pain. Yeah. I mean, and going back to that first study, I mean, yes, it's like, it's kind of weak for us, right? Just looking at massage and mobilization because it doesn't really include as much movement. But I think what was cool with that, at least, is that we can see if we are combining both levator ani, which is one of the pelvic floor muscles that connect around into our coccyx bone. So more of that posterior pelvic floor in the back. Um, and if we are doing massage and stretching to that, area that had a greater effect than joint mobilization, which joint mobilization, you have to use a provider. Massage and stretching, you don't have to use yeah. a provider. You could you can do that on your own. And we have, we usually show this with different tools that we have. Um, you can use a pelvic wand as well. You can use one of the therapy balls from Tune Up Fitness, you know, to kind of get that into that pressure. And then you could do some specific stretches yeah. that will kind of show a little bit on YouTube as well. Um, so if you're watching, you can see some of these things, but those can really help to, um, to take off that pressure from that tailbone area. And that was actually shown to be a greater effect than joint mobilization. So, I, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's actually a great point that the one that you can do on yourself <laughs> had, had a better effect than the one that requires a provider. And that's what we're all about, especially in this podcast, we want to give you the tools that you can go and have actionable takeaways yeah. uh, uh, for yourself. The other study that talked about doing stretches and they specifically mm -hmm. what looked at hip flexor mm -hmm. stretches and also thoracic opening, um, opening and, piriformis stretches. and piriformis stretches, which I think is pretty cool because piriformis kind of attaches right in on the sacrum down to the lower part mm -hmm. of the sacrum, which is right above that coccyx. Hip flexor, the thought was that if the hip flexors are you know, contributing to more standing and anterior pelvic tilt. Uh, same with the thoracic opening. They thought if we aren't standing with good posture, is that causing us to put more pressure in the tailbone area? Mm -hmm. And they actually found that doing stretches and exercises for these areas resulted in better posturing in mm -hmm. sitting and standing positions. So they weren't putting as much pressure 
um, on the tailbone area. Yeah. So more pain-free sitting. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. It ultimately is what someone wants to feel. So, and I think that's just cool study in terms of like, let's not look directly at the area, but let's look at what, if we make changes around the area and how that can actually cause an effect. And, and again, especially if we're looking at static stretches, they did this um, for two minutes on each side. So think of a hip flexor stretch, two minutes on each side, and they did that five times a week. So it has to be something long-term. It has to be sustained for a long period of time. They have to do it repetitively over and over again in order to start to see any kind of benefited result. But in doing that, they did see a result. So I think that's really cool to just keep in mind. And this comes back to our own recommendations of, you know, kind of assessing our posture. We have to look at the upper back and the thoracic spine, the rib cage, because how my rib cage is resting really is going to dictate where my pelvis is underneath it. Then, yeah. you know, it kind of just like plays off of one another. I love the post that, what was it, Katie? Sinclair? Yeah, Katie Sinclair. Katie had one where she had a rib cage and a pelvis and like put glasses on them and was doing like this little skit where everyone <laughs> blames the pelvis. Oh, yeah. anterior pelvic tilt. Yeah. Oh, posterior pelvic tilt. Pelvis's fault. Why are you doing everything wrong, pelvis? And the rib cage is hanging yeah. out over here like. People aren't blaming me, but like you said, if we're not paying attention to our rib cage, it's hard to complete that equation because they work so much in tandem with each other. Exactly. So a lot of times when people do find themselves standing in a little bit more anterior pelvic tilt, well, let's look again at the rib cage. Typically, sometimes it's then flared and it's forward. And when we're trying to correct our, our posture and pull our shoulder blades back, but we're actually flaring that rib cage. So when we flare that rib cage, then the pelvis is going to respond by tipping forward as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to then say, okay, how can I get that better rib cage mobility out to the sides, which we talk about a lot, grabbing the sides of your rib cage, doing some intentional breaths to kind of open it up and, and allow it. And when you do those intentional breaths into the side of your rib cage, you naturally start to stack over your pelvis. Like your pelvis, you're going to do this in standing, do it in standing right now. I don't care where you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a chance, stand, Driving. wrap your hands around your rib cage, do some really big breaths into the size of your hands, and you're going to feel what happens on your pelvis. It's going to naturally yeah. stack underneath your rib cage. Yeah, it's hard to avoid that. And when I think about that study where they talked about doing the stretches and doing the thoracic opening and doing the piriformis stretch, like especially if those people were aware that this was because uh, of tailbone pain or positioning and stuff, it's hard for them not to also be thinking about, Mm -hmm. okay, this is position related. Mm -hmm. So then when they're going to sit or going to stand, that's also in their mind, like, okay, I've been doing these stretches for two minutes a day, five days a week. Like I have to be a little more aware. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're talking about right now. If you're somebody who sits for long periods or stands for long periods, especially for work, you really want to start tuning into that. Mm -hmm. If you have pain in your tailbone or pain anywhere else, you know, our body's not built to stand or sit in one sustained position for a long period of time. So the rib cage breath is incredible because even if you come back to that once or twice an hour, if mm-hmm. you're working and you can't move a ton and you come back to that rib cage breath and you do some pelvic tilts, the next thing I was going to say is like the classic cat cow, like mm-hmm. get down on your hands and knees, do a cat cow, get seated in your work chair, do a seated kind of cat cow or pelvic tilt stand if you stand at a standing desk do some pelvic tilts and it just helps bring that awareness to okay how am i positioning myself find that pelvic 
neutral-ish. It's not super important that you stand in a perfectly stacked position, but right. if you bring that awareness, take one of the ribcage breaths, and then get back to work, you're going to be doing your brain and your pelvis and tailbone a massive help. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so incredibly important. And when we just start to improve our our thoracics or our upper spine mobility in general, it's going to help us to not be so slumped, put so much pressure. It's going to take pressure off of the uh, off our pelvis as well because we're going to automatically be standing up a little bit straighter. When we improve our hip mobility, it's going to take different pressure. So not only hip flexor, but in general, your entire hip mobility, you're from your glutes to your pelvic floor to your um, rotation of the hips, your joints, like all of that if we help to improve the way that that moves, it's just going to be resting in a state that feels a little bit more relaxed for your body and isn't putting as much strain and tension in different areas like your tailbone. So I think like all of those are so important. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned already like the pelvic floor, how mm-hmm. vital this is to the component. I realize we've been talking about this and I'm just like sitting here like a slob resting into my tailbone. Mm. My rib cage. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> not. <laughs> There's <laughs> a gymnast sitting there with like, like a robot final setup. The pelvic floor is like so vital because the levator ani and other muscles attach right into that tailbone. So if we're not breathing effectively, if we're always holding tension in that pelvic mm-hmm. floor, if we're not allowing it to just relax and then tighten with our breath throughout the day, again, we might be putting some unbalanced pressure there. So like you mentioned, doing some of the pelvic floor reset slash releases or awareness exercises with like the tune-up fitness balls are an amazing place to start because it brings that awareness and then while you're doing some of these other exercises doing one of those rib cage breaths i bet you your pelvic floor will start to kick in and, and work for you a little bit more as well so important to address the pelvic floor too because you know things that people don't like to mention or talk about is you know pain with with sex and pain with pooping you know, <laughs> these are all very important. And if you are having any difficulties with any of that or constipation, we can't just be looking at the foods we're eating. We also have to be looking at the pelvic floor tight- tension and tightness. And and this is where I will say that going to see a pelvic floor therapist and just starting to understand what muscles and where on your pelvic floor you're having a lot of tension because this is an area that we can't easily touch ourselves and we're not as familiar. So getting that feedback from a professional to say, oh, do you feel that? Oh yeah, that's super tense. Here's what you can do for that area, right? And then you start to have the tools to implement to cause that th- those better relaxation again. If we're talking on the outer pelvic floor to touch, that's where we can use our fingers or we can use um, the therapy balls from Tune Up Fitness. And I love doing that, you know, to just put Mm -hmm. that feedback into there. We could use the pelvic wands depending on, again, how deep you need to go based on what you find from the pelvic floor therapist and tensions in the area. It's just so important. And then we can work on specific stretches. But, you know, you don't have to be in pain in these areas. You don't always have to be constipated and dealing with this. If those are things that you're always dealing with, I would say go see a pelvic floor therapist. Yeah. And then, I mean, really the last thing on our list is just move more. Mm -hmm. You know, generally, I'd say for a large number of people, the tailbone pain is coming from sitting consistently in one position throughout the day too much or for too long of periods 
or standing in one position or just again those muscles pulling at that tailbone in a way that is unbalanced or puts too much pressure in the tailbone area so moving more having more variation in our movement throughout the day if we do work in a standing or sitting position for long stretches force yourself to come back to some of those exercises that we talked about whether it's the breath whether it's pelvic tilts doing a chest opener on the wall anything to just have a little more variation in that movement uh, for 30 seconds and then getting back to work well there we go kind of our review on tailbone pain or coccidinia if you enjoyed that please consider sharing with a friend or leaving us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform and remember we have the roll into hip program that jen collaborated on with jill miller who is actually one of the co-founders of tune up fitness which in this episode we talked a lot about their balls and tools which are our favorites to use on our body and those tools are going to be used a lot in the roll into hip program so go check out the link in the show notes to get signed up for the Roll into Hip program. And of course, we'll see you next time on the Optimal Body Podcast.